This is Restoration Church. We are a place of new beginnings and hope for the future. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that you're blessed by today's message from our Huntsville campus as we continue our series, Restore. Doing okay this morning? Uh, Pastor Jasper, do I have permission to be free on the day? Well, praise God. Um, congregation, do I have permission to be free on the day? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So what we're going to do is, first five minutes before we even get into the Word, we're going to pray. Well, I'm going to pray. Please feel free to, I'm literally going to set my timer, and it's going to say five minutes. So we're going to pray. I'll pray. You can spectate. You can participate. You can do however you want to do. You can walk around. Floor is yours. But I'm going to pray. I invite you to participate. Somebody say, well, you ain't got to say it, but the atmosphere of the atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. So if you believe, if you expect, if you put a demand on your faith, you'll receive. Amen? So I'm going to pray. I'm setting the timer for five minutes right now. So you, however you want to do, you can watch, you can listen, you can take part. It's you. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for um, coming into this place on the day and just um, laying the foundation and laying a groundwork for your word to go forth. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke the devourer. He has no say-so in the lives of your people. We rebuke every demonic influence, Father God. We say no to the uh, tools of the enemy. Every lie that has been spoken over your people, we bind it in the name of Jesus and it is broken. We cast it down to the pits of hell where it belongs. Father God, we yield our hearts to you. We yield our members to you. We yield our voices to you. We yield our ears to you. We yield our hands to you. We yield our feet to you. We yield our hearts to you. We yield our minds to you. We yield our eyes to you. We yield what we think to you. We yield what we do to you. God, your heart, your, our heart is yours, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you start and you begin to birth a hunger and a thirst for righteousness in your people. I pray pray, God, that you just begin to lay waste to the old man. Every ounce of the old man that lives in us, God, we give you permission to have your way with him. Take him to the back and take him out of the game in the name of Jesus. Father God, they have the old man has no say-so in our new life. We declare and we decree that in the name of Jesus. Father God, we will walk by faith and not by sight. We will not walk by what we see, but we will walk by what we know. And what do we know? That our God is greater, our God is stronger, Our God is higher than any other. Our God is a healer. He is awesome in power. He is great. He is faithful. He is mighty. He is wonderful. He is awesome in everything that he does. We lift up your name, God. We honor you, Father God. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. Have your way, Lord Jesus. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear him and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt the name of the Lord together. I sought the Lord. I sought him and he heard me and delivered me from every single fear. This poor man cried out. This poor man cried out. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and delivered him from every single trouble. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that he is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God, you will deliver us out of, the, out of them all. We thank you for being a deliverer. We thank you for being a way maker. We thank you for God for, for even hearing our cries. Lord, there's seven billion people on this planet. Why do you choose to listen to me? Why do you choose to listen to us, Lord God? There's seven billion people. Why do you make time for us, Lord God? It's because you care for us. You don't care for one more than the other. But Father God, you care for us equally. No one is better than anyone else. Father God, we bless your name, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, that we are going to walk into our new on today. 
We're leaving the old man behind. We're leaving depravity behind. Father God, we are going to leave all that behind, and we're going to cling to your cross. God, we don't know what's going to happen with our will, but we're going to choose to cling on to your will. We don't know what's going to happen in the, in the future, Father God, but we know that we're going to be with you, so everything will be okay. God, you are faithful. God, you are just. God, you will change on today. God, I'm expecting a miracle on today. God, I'm expecting freedom on today. God, I'm expecting chains to be broken on today. God, I'm expecting wonder to happen on today. God, I'm expecting miracles to happen on today. God, I'm expecting healing to happen on today. God, I'm expecting love to happen on today. God, I'm expecting joy to happen on today. God, I'm expecting peace to happen on today. God, I'm expecting deliverance to happen on today. I'm expecting deliverance to happen on today. God, you are going to heal from hurt. You are going to heal from past hurt. You're going to heal from past hurt. If we believe, we shall receive it. If we believe it, we shall receive it. If we believe it, we shall receive it. If we believe it, we shall receive it. Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Assuredly, I say to you, Whoever says to that mountain, be ye removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, and he will have whatever he asks. Therefore, I say, pray. I say to you, whatever things you ask, whatever things you pray, believe that you have received them, and they will be yours. We pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you all. Thank you all for giving me permission to be free. Can't do that everywhere. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that. So um, I want to thank um, Pastor Jasper and Pastor Huey for giving me this opportunity. Uh, I thank them dearly for this. I thank the Lord for giving me an opportunity to minister his word. I'm not worthy. I am worthy in him. Thank you, Lord. I am worthy in him. Um, I thank him for that. I honor my wife, who's here. Kadaj, where you at? I honor her. Uh, just for being my, being right by my side in every way, shape, and form. I thank the Lord for her. Um, God is faithful. So the title of our lesson today is called, the title of it is The New Normal. So if you want to write that down, if you're a note taker, the title of the message is The New Normal. Now I want to say before we get started, T.D. Jakes has a sermon online called A Fight for Your Territory. A Fight for the Territory. And it's absolutely phenomenal. If you like this message today, go and YouTube that one. I mean, he's just like tear the walls down. It is absolutely phenomenal. I used some, some of the pieces in that message. Also, Pastor Huey, uh, we spoke together. But A Fight for the Territory by T.D. Jakes is absolutely amazing. So the new normal. So when I was in second grade, I had a teacher named Miss Martin. Shout out to all the teachers out there. Y'all are very, very, very much appreciated. To be honest, I, um, I'm grateful for Ms. Martin. Don't know if I could have had a better teacher than Ms. Martin. She was caring. She was kind. She was creative. She even whooped us when we got out of the line. <laughs> I was back in school in the 90s, and they still whooped children. I promise you, it was, uh, I think it was needed. But anyway, so for one of our lessons, Ms. Martin decided that she was going to teach us about animals and about nature. And what she did was, she bought every child in our classroom a caterpillar. And man, I was so excited for my caterpillar. As soon as I got in, I'm just like looking at, I'm just literally staring at this caterpillar. Every day I would come in and I would check on him. What is he doing? Wasn't doing that much, because in his jar, all he had was a stick and some little sugar water. But I'm still watching him like, what's about to happen next? <laughs> so I'm watching this caterpillar and I'm so excited and I checked on him every single day. I was fascinated, not really at him per se, but at what I knew he was going to be. Mm. Fascinated by what I knew he was going to be. I joyfully anticipated seeing a cocoon every single day I came into the classroom. And when I finally saw the cocoon of my caterpillar, I knew it was go time. Because in just a few days, I was going to begin to see the butterfly. Now, my butterfly came a little bit later than everybody else's, but he did come. <laughs> and it was nothing short of miraculous in my eyes. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, everything about this animal had changed. This caterpillar didn't look the same, and nothing about him was the same. It ate differently. 
It interacted with things differently. I mean, it can even fly now. It's so, it would, it, the change in the caterpillar was so great that we give it a new name. That's how great this change is. And I'm like, the more I think about it, the more amazing this transformation is. The caterpillar experienced a completely new normal. It can fly now. It's got six legs instead of 10 or 20 or 30. And there's so many other different changes that happen. Its antenna die down, and then it comes up with completely new ones. It's mind-boggling. And the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Not new like I put on some new clothes or some new shoes or some new perfume, perfume, new cologne, anything like that. But new is in like the very core of what I think, do, and be. It's different. But it's interesting because why, why is it that we meet so people who meet Jesus, but they've only changed superficially? There's some people who have been ministering for years. They know the word inside and out. They're considered trustworthy and faithful saints. But during praise and worship, they just still feel off. Why is that? Why is it that some people truly desire to give more of themselves to the Lord? They know that there's something more, but they just don't know how to give more of themselves to God. Or maybe just as bad, they don't know how to receive more of God. Well, maybe you've been saved, sanctified, and fire baptized your whole entire life. But you still struggle immensely with loneliness. Maybe you come to church every single Sunday, but still wonder, why don't I have any really close friends? Or maybe even worse, you go around telling yourself, or just as bad, you go around telling yourself and other people that I'm just a loner. I don't really need friends. I don't really need people close in my life. Maybe you go around doing that. Might I suggest to you that one of the reasons, one of the reasons why we do this is because we as believers have hurt in our lives. We have unresolved hurt in our lives. It's a massive stumbling block in our lives, and sometimes we don't even see it. This hurt can come from a, many, a myriad of different directions. It can come by just the hurts of life, death and sickness. It, this hurt can come from, and this hurt from our past can come from uh, people sinning against us, or even sins that we did and we haven't forgiven ourselves of. So many different hurts. There are even lies that have been ministered and, and told to you at a younger age. And this has manifest hurt from your past. And you think to yourself, and, and it's funny because this hurt is, it's a tool of the enemy. And it's one of his best kept secrets. And the reason why unresolved hurt is one of the enemy's best kept secrets is because it masks itself in another form. Maybe you tell yourself or you think to yourself that you're a loner and you just really like to be by yourself. It ain't really y'all or it ain't really, it's, it's just, I'm just not a communal person. But in actuality, somebody hurt you a long time ago and now you just don't want to be hurt by other people. Maybe you think that you aren't ready for marriage yet because you ain't got enough money. But the truth is you've never really seen a healthy relationship and so now you don't want to be hurt and end up like your mom and dad, wow. broken. Maybe, just maybe, well, I'll back up a little bit, because all hurt isn't from the devil. Sometimes people die in our lives. Sometimes sickness comes upon us that we don't have a good reason for. So maybe, some, maybe a family member in your life even passed away prematurely or before you expected them to pass away. And so now you have an issue fully giving yourself to God because you don't trust him. You see him as untrustworthy because you took something from me. Unresolved hurt. Unresolved hurt can be a stumbling block in our lives. It will cause a believer to look, act, and think differently than what God actually intends. Hurt will sneak into our lives and actually tell us who we are and who we should be. For a believer, it will come into our lives and make abnormal behavior normal. Wow. You'll say things like, it's okay to be afraid sometimes. 
Or you'll say, it's okay to tell a little white lie. Or something like, it's okay to worry every now and then. There's nothing wrong with it. Or you'll say something like, I'm ugly. Or I'm not pretty enough. Or I'm not good enough. Or I never can do something. Or I never will do something. Or I won't do something. On and on and on and on. You'll end up telling other people, you'll be just like your mama. You'll be just like your daddy. You'll be worthless. You'll say words like this that have no value and no weight to them other than to tear somebody down. Tear them down. Unresolved hurt. Unresolved hurt will do crazy things to you. It'll make you do stuff. You'll be a student in school, and you'll skip class. Why you skip class? It's going to fail anyway. Wasn't going to make it anyway. So I don't mind skipping a few classes. What chances did I really have? You'll go around sleeping with a whole bunch of women thinking that maybe you get some intimacy. Unresolved hurt. It looks one way, but in actuality, there's something deeper to it. Unresolved hurt will make you go home every single night and watch, video, watch TV and play video games because you actually believe that your choices don't matter and your actions don't matter. Wow, You'll even go out and smoke weed and give yourself temporary relief to permanent problems. Amen, Unresolved hurt will cause everyone, if you're not careful, to have the body of a butterfly but the mind of a caterpillar. The body of a butterfly, but the mind of a caterpillar. But I believe that God wants to set us free from unresolved hurt on today. He wants to set us free from that depraved mindset. I believe God wants to set us free from our past hurt. I believe he wants, God wants believers and unbelievers to know that we don't have to be defined by our past hurts and our brokenness. I believe God wants us to know that he can give us a new normal. And I'm confident that as we look into God's word, and if we're open and honest with ourselves, God will do a transformation. Amen. He'll heal our brokenness and he'll give us a new normal. So turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. When you got it, say, I got it. When you see it on the screen, say, I see it on the screen. chapter 5, Mark chapter 5. And it reads, Then they came to the other side, they being the disciples and Jesus, to the country of Gadarenes. And when they had come out of the boat, immediately there met from them a, out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with chains and shackles, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And in all, as always, night after day and day after night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. And when Jesus, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran up to him. The man ran up to him and worshipped Jesus, and cried out with a loud voice, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For Jesus had said to, the, to him, come out of that man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he being the demon said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly. The demons begged Jesus earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Jesus, don't get us out of the territory. Jesus, we've got to stay in this place. We've got to stay in the territory. Now, there was a large herd of swine that was feeding near the mountains. So all the demons begged Jesus, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission, and then the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, which were about 2,000, and the swine ran violently down the herd and went into the sea, and they all drowned. So those who fed the swine, they fled. And they went and told it to the city and to the country. And when they, being the people of the city, they, and they went out to see what had happened, the people of the city. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the one who had been demon-possessed 
and had the legion. And he was sitting and clothed in his right mind. He was sitting. He was clothed in his right mind. Clothed in his right mind. Sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and, sw- and about the swine. Then they began to plead with Jesus to depart from the region. And when they got into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him that they might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him to. But he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed from them and began to proclaim proclaim in the capitalist all that Jesus had done for him and the people marveled. Here we have a story that's familiar to some and new to others. In this passage, we have a man, but we don't even know his name. We find a man who is known more for his past and for the demonic presence in his life than he is for what he did after he was delivered from this oppression. Because when you really think about it, many people, when they refer to this passage, I know I used to, I used to call the man Legion. I literally called him by what his struggle was. I called him by what his past was. I called him by that. However, that's not even his name. The Bible doesn't even give us his name. This man's past was so awful that essentially it defines who we think he is in our minds. So what's about this man's past that's so remarkable? There's no easy way to describe it, but Lord, give me some, help me out, Lord. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And we're going to try to figure out, we're going to try to seek him and get a glimpse in this man's past. So imagine you're in a cemetery in the middle of the night. The only light that you have is from the moon. And through the darkness, cut screams of terror, cries for help, and indiscriminate howling. And as you trace this voice, the voice of the howling and of the disturbed screams, you come upon a man. A man who's naked, a man who's matted, untamed, unkempt, and smells awful. Standing at a distance, you hear this man's continual weeping. These are the cries of a broken man. And soon after, you hear the bellowing and the indiscriminate ramblings and the howlings. These are the howls and the cries of a demon-possessed man. You literally feel his anguish through his screams. You know that he has no peace. He's in constant distress. He has no idea how to be free because when you look down at his feet, you see broken shackles and frayed rope. His chains are broken, but yet he's still bound by his location and his state of mind. He cuts himself hour after hour after hour because that's the only pain that he can control. That's all he can control. Solitude is his spouse, and dread is the bed that they lay in. And this is his, his routine, night after night after night after night after night. This could have went on for days, weeks, months, even years. You can open your eyes. His normal was despair, hopelessness. Essentially, loneliness, weariness. Night after night, he participates in his own self-annihilation. Day after day, he goes about laying waste to his own prosperity. His normal was the total abolition of who God called him to be. That's what he did every single day. Some of our past have shaped us so bad that although not other people may not define us by it, We define ourselves by it. Then we proceed to abolish ourselves, and we abolish who God truly intended us to be. This man was nothing short of a complete mess, but something amazing happened in verse 15. It says that the man was sitting clothed and in his right mind. He was sitting clothed and in his right mind. Clothed and in his right mind. 
I mean, literally in an instant, this man had a complete transformation. He had a complete turnaround. This man, he didn't need a cocoon. He didn't need three to six months to process everything. He didn't need to go get his credit straight. He didn't need to do none of that. It was like, Lord, I came to you as I am, and boom. His life's completely turned around. He changed in an instant. He became a new creature. His metamorphosis happened like that. His change was so radical, I'm not sure if the people kicked Jesus out of the town because all those pigs committed suicide or because they didn't know what he just did to that man. Have no clue. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Jesus will give you a new normal. No longer do you have to cope with your past pain by committing your own self-annihilation, continually cursing your own existence, saying things like, I'll never, or I can't, or it's not fair, or why me, or why me, why did this happen, why am I this way, what is going on, Lord, I don't understand, continually tearing down ourselves and reducing ourselves to a shell of who God truly intended for us to be. And sometimes it ain't even about what we say. It's about what we do. Some of us have detrimental behavior. But because we've been doing it for so long and we use it as a coping mechanism, we think that this behavior is okay. But it's actually hindering us. But I declare that our new normal today is victory. I declare that your new normal today is victory. Maybe you did have a family member that died for reasons you don't understand. But we can still declare that God is faithful. Maybe you've been sick for the last 12 years. But I, I believe we can still declare that God is able. Jesus will give you a new normal. He will, he will, he will. He will free your mind. No longer do you have to be in bondage to your old thoughts. No longer do you have to be in bondage to lies that the enemy has told you. And the worst part of it is a lot of people think they're good. And they think that they're actually free. But unfortunately, again, they have the body of a butterfly. But the mind of a caterpillar. Our past hurts have shaped us so bad we don't even know we got wings. We still crawling around like this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what we're supposed to be doing. You transform, but you're still looking. You're still walking the same. God came to give us a new normal. He wants to free his people on today. Lord, help us to be transformed by the renewing of our mindset. Everybody shout, Lord, make me new. Lord, make me new. Amen. In this series, we've got testimonies. Um, we've been having testimonies of healing. So what I want to do is I want to bring my wife to the stage, and I want her to share her testimony on how God gave her a new normal. And just so y'all know, half the sermon has come from just me watching her life. So <laughs> I just want y'all to know that. <laughs> so, yeah, so my name is Kadijah, for those of you that don't know it. And so um, the Lord has been having me in sort of a season of deliverance so he's been delivering me from oh he's been delivering me from a lot of different things so I'll just tell a little portion of what he's delivered me from in in lieu of the message so um when I was younger I'm not sure of the time like when it started or when it ended but I was molested by someone that was in my household and so I won't share that because they're still pretty active in my life <laughs> but and I'm 27, I'm about to be 28, but I've lived with this in silence my whole life. Like, I, the first person I told was Nathan. And so um, throughout all of that, I was dealing with, the, I, I was being haunted by dreams or the memories. Like, every time I would think about it, it's instantly shame and condemnation and guilt. Like, it was my fault. And so I've lived with that, and that's how the enemy, like, wants to, that's how he works to keep you silent, to keep you quiet and keep that and keep you in in chains and, and bound up. But if you speak, if you speak it out and it comes to the light, the Lord can bring healing to that thing. And so. Um, so I, I was just going uh, like through life, just coping with it. I wasn't actually healed from it. And so um, it's a lie. And I want to speak this out. The, this lie is. Time heals all wounds. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Right. 
Like, because you can go through life and, and uh, Nathan was like, what'd you say about bitterness? Like, you can, 70 years old, still bitter by something that happened to you 40 years ago. So time does not heal wounds. Whatever, you just learn to cope with it and, and deal with different defense mechanisms. But when it comes up, when it arises, then the Lord will show you, you really weren't healed from that thing. And so um, during my process, the Lord, like, brought this up. He's like, okay, Kadijah, this is still here. You, you need healing from it. And so, um, so one day be, before the healing came, the Lord had to deal with me about the shame and break that off of me. So I was at home, and I was praying in my bathroom. That's, that's my prayer closet because I don't have one. <laughs> so I was on the floor praying, and, and so I'm like, Lord, um, well, the Lord was just like, this wasn't your fault. Because that'll be in your mind that it was your fault. But he had to break that shame off of me and break that guilt and that condemnation. And he said, if you release it, if you, if you let go, then I can bring healing. And so I'm just crying. I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to let it go. I, I literally don't know how to take it out of my hands and give it to you. And so I'm like, Lord, just help me with it. And so a couple of days after that, I'm... Um, I'm in the shower, and I hear the Lord say, do you, want, do you want to be healed today? And so I'm like, yeah, Lord, I want to be healed. Like, I hurry up and got up out of that shower. I, I had already put the kids down, and so I'm, you know, praying in the spirit. And so um, I got out of the shower, and as soon as I got to the living room, like as soon as my knees hit the ground, I released it to the Lord. I said, Lord, I need you to heal the memories. Because every time I would think about it, right. it's shame. And so I'm like, Lord, please heal the memories. And that's exactly what he did. I, I sat there, I cried, and I cried. And I began, and I could feel him healing the memories. It was not a good feeling. But in my head, I could just feel, I'm like, oh, Lord. But it ha I had to release it. And he began to heal me. I'm just crying, crying. I turned over. And because uh, I was on my knees, so I turned back over and um, and I'm just sitting there praying in the spirit. And I hear this phrase and I knew that I was to to um, declare it out into the atmosphere. And so the phrase was, I would not allow the hurt of my past to keep me from my future in the Lord. I will not allow the hurt of my past to keep me from my future in the Lord. I will not allow the hurt of my past to keep me from my future in the Lord. Because that's how the enemy works. He'll bring up your past right. to try to disqualify you from your destiny in the Lord. And so when I made that declaration, that's when I came out of agreement with that hurt. And that's what allowed it to go. So I declared that. I came out of agreement with that hurt. And that spirit of hurt left me. And so I even heard that uh, another declaration, I can do what you say that I can do. And I will do what you say that I will do. I will be who you say that I am. And so um, I just let that go. I released it. And then I even heard him say, now release the person that did it to you. And so I released that person. Then, and then I heard, release your mom. I released my mom. Instantly, that spirit of unforgiveness left me. I didn't even know I held these people. Like, you just go on with life, and you're just going along, and you don't even know that you're bound. But my prayer through, throughout this deliverance process, I'm like, Lord, show me what's in my heart. Show me the dark areas that I don't know about, because I want to be transformed into your very image. And so I'm like, Lord, Show me what's hiding in my heart that I don't know. And he began to show it. If you pray, he will show you what's there. And he will heal it. He wants to heal it. And so I was released. That hurt left. That unforgiveness left. And so I'm just free. And so I'm like, Lord, bless your name. And so um, he gave me something that he wanted me to read, you, read to you, like I journal. And so after that happened, I began to write. And he just spoke to me. He spoke to me, so I want to read that real quick. He said, allow me to rebuild you with my hands and my words, not the words spoken to you by humans, but divine words. Let my words shape you, mold you, rebuild you. For you were built up and fashioned by the standards of this world. But it is time for the master builder to do the work now and build on a sure foundation, one that will not be shaken or, or overturned. 
And then he gave me the scripture, Jeremiah 31 and 4. And it says, I will rebuild you. It says, I will build you up again. And you will be rebuilt, O virgin of Israel. Again, you will take up your tambourines and go forth to the dances of the merrymakers. And so I was like, Lord, thank you, Father, that you rebuilt that you will rebuild me because I yielded myself to him because I was available. And I said, Lord, I will get into a vulnerable place because I dealt with, with rejection and the Lord freed free me from that. But when you deal with that spirit, it's, you're afraid to be vulnerable before, before people and before the Lord. And so I'm like, Lord, I will be vulnerable before you. I want you to rebuild me. And I thank you that you will rebuild me. So, so I just implore you all to, on today, during, even after altar call or during altar call, just to, to pray and ask the Lord to show you if there is anything in your heart and yield yourself to him. But be, because I yielded myself to him, he was able to bring healing to my life, to bring healing from all those past hurts that I didn't even know was there. Like, I, I was just walking around like, I'm fine. But he was able to heal me and, and reveal them to me. So, I, yeah. So, yeah, bless the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody say, body of a butterfly, the mind of a caterpillar. Caterpillar. Didn't even know. She is saved, loving the Lord, coming to church every single. Don't even know she got wings. Don't even know that she was bound. God is faithful, y'all. He's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful. Kadaja talked a lot about receiving healing from God and walking in newness. So before we leave today, I just want to equip everyone in here on how to obtain your freedom. Yield yourself, of course, but we're going to go to the word. There's a word of God that shatters the enemy. And we're going to go to the word, and I want to be able to teach you how to receive a new normal. Somebody say new normal. From the Lord, okay? We all, and I want to also teach you about having confidence. And I want to give you confidence in the promises that God has for you in this new life and in this new way of thinking. Amen? Somebody say, we're going to fly today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We're going to learn how to get a new normal. And we're going to go to Psalms 34. So in the chapter, in the chapter of Psalms 34, there is an insane amount of healing that takes place. And it's very easy to look over it. So essentially what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read right through Psalms 34. And I'm going to do a little bit of commentary, but I want to first show you how to obtain this newness. What action do I need to take to get to be new? What do I need to do to be new? And then I want to show you the promises of God. Because when you have this new action, guess what? If God before you then who can be against you? So if you're on the side of God, he got your back. And if he's got your back, there are promises associated with him having your back. So there's deliverance, healing, and freedom all in that. So we're going to turn to Psalms 34. When you got it, say, I got it. So I'm just going to read off, and I'm going to just commentate as we go. So Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. All this is is that to get your new new normal, you need to have an exclamation of gratitude and admiration towards God. Be exceedingly abundantly grateful towards God. God, always do everything you ha can to always have the goodness of God proceeding from your lips. Declare to the world the many good attributes of our good, good Father. Verse 2 says, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it Hear of it and be glad. Verse 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt, let us exalt his name together. Our breakthrough, breakthrough can happen when we worship together. And as we magnify God, that means we just make him bigger, bigger than every problem, bigger than every issue, bigger than every past hurt, bigger than every person who lets you down, bigger than every situation that we face. We can make him bigger. We lift him so high that he covers everything. Amen. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. 
Deliver me from all of my fears. So you've got to seek the Lord like you actually want to be free. If you want a new normal, you actually got to go find the Lord. You actually got to go seeking for him. Verse 5 says, and they looked at him and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. The, the poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Pray, saints. Just pray. If you want to receive newness in God, pray. Cry out to God. He will hear you. If you want to be changed, pray like you want to be changed. It's literally that simple. Verse 7 says, the angel of the Lord encampeth around all those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. If you have the faith to try God, he will prove to you, or he will prove to be good in your life. You just have to have the faith to try him. He will quench the thirst of the dry places in your life. Verse 9 says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. If you give God the proper honor that he deserves, he'll take care of you. And verse 10 says, The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. Where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. Where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. So if you don't have a husband, it'd be bad for you. Because right here it says, he's not going to give you, but those who seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. Like, you're not going to lack it. So if you ain't got no money right now, what money would be bad for you in this season? So rejoice that you ain't got no money. Just know, have that frame of mind and knowing that God will take care of you wherever you are. If you don't have something, it's because it'd be, it'd be wretched for you to have it. Amen? Verse 11, come you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You've got to stop cursing yourself. If you want to obtain a new normal, you've got to stop cursing. And I'm not saying bad words. I'm saying literal curses you're putting over your life. If you call your child a brat or you're such a bad child or what, you're such a bad this, guess what? You're cursing your child. You're lit Jesus said we're going to be held accountable for every idle word that we speak. Every. So that means every word you speak that doesn't produce any life, you're held accountable to that. So if you say something, if I say, Valissa, you're never going to be anything, what a wretched, woe to me. If I tell my child, if you tell yourself, we've got to stop cursing if you want to obtain a new normal. Our words are powerful, so we've got to watch them. They can either bring life or death, and there's no middle ground. That's just it. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cries. Cry out to him, and he hears you. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut the, to cut the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves those who have a contrite spirit. If you were hurt in your past, God was near you then. If you're still hurting now, he's still near to you now. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Lie from the enemy. When you become a Christian, everything will be okay. That lie has molded so many people's beliefs, it's amazing. Because then when trouble happens, we're surprised. Like, I'm with you, Jesus. Why did this happen? And he clearly says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. In John 30, 16 and 33, God says, there will be trouble in the world, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. He literally is saying, you're going to go through stuff, bad, good, and different. The only difference is that when you save, there's a purpose to your pain. When you're unsaved, there ain't no purpose. You're just going through life, being beat up, being battered, and being scorned, and then you die, you go to hell, woe, wretched, ruin. But when you go through things as a believer, there's purpose to your pain. There's purpose to your pain. There's purpose to your pain. There's purpose to the struggle. There's purpose to, the, there's purpose to what happened to you when you were younger. There's purpose to what you're going through. There's purpose to what you've been through. And there's purpose to what you shall go through. There's purpose in the pain. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God will show himself a deliverer. 
to you, to you, to you, Kadijah, to you, Adrian, to you, Valissa, to you, Aaron. He will show himself a deliverer. He guards his bones. Not one of them is broken. Natalie, God is your body. He's your bodyguard. He's your bodyguard. Can't nobody touch you. Even if they wanted to. They can't touch you. Evil shall say to the wicked, shall slay the wicked, and those who hate righteousness shall be condemned. But the Lord redeems the soul of his saints. And none, none, none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. There is now for no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you don't know what happened to me. But it really don't matter. You know, we don't know Legion's past. All we know is that it really don't matter. That's all we know is that it really don't even matter. We don't know what happened to him. It just really don't even matter because there's no condemnation. You're free from that. You're free from that. You're free from that. And that's stuff you ain't told nobody. And they ain't never planned on telling nobody. But I'm here to tell you today, you're free from that. In the name of Jesus, you're free from that. You're free from that. You're free from that. Somebody better start declaring that I'm free from that. I'm free from every bondage. I'm free from every doubt. I'm free from every chain. I'm free from every shackle. I think I'm breaking loose on today. I think the anointing is about to break loose in this place. I think that my father is coming to see me and my savior Jesus is right in my camp. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him. And that's just obtaining your new normal. But God then gives us all these different promises that we can walk in. He's got all these different promises. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. In verses 4, he promises to deliver you. God don't lie. God is ultimate integrity. So I'm going to deliver you. I know what happened to you back then, but I'm delivering you today. I know what happened to you yesterday, but I'm delivering you today. I know what's going on, but I'm delivering. That's a promise from God if you want it. If you don't want it, you ain't got it. It's that simple. He promises to deliver you from, he promises to hear you. He promises to hear you. you know, again, there are 7 billion people on this world. And he hears you, Mr. Samuel. He hears you, Lady B. He hears y'all. He hears us. He hears us. He hears us. He promises to deliver us from every fear. Every fear. You know, fear is one of the, is, uh, the greatest tactic of the enemy because all it, it just stunts your growth. You want to go to spiritual first grade, but I'm afraid to. Because of X. But he delivers us from our fears. He promises to stay in your bubble and you believe in him. He says he encamps around about though. So he's in your car. He's at your job. He's in your bathroom. He's wherever you are. So stop trying to hide from him. He promises to bless you and not curse you. God will bless you and not, he will strengthen you. He will deliver you. He promises that when you trust in God, you will lack no good thing. He promises to be near you in verse 19. He promises to deliver you from condemnation in verse 22. God is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. He's not against you. He sees your past, but he also sees your future. I'm trying to get you here, my daughter. Stop living like you're over there. I'm trying to get you here, my son. Stop living like you want to stay over there. He sees it. And as we close, I just want to show you how much God absolutely, unequivocally, unequivocally, without denial, is mad for you. In love with you beyond what you can even think. I just want to show it to you. We're going to go. I want to show you how much he cares about your past. I want to show you he cares about your redemption. And he cares about your reconciliation to the Father. So let's turn to Mark, verse, uh, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. So I just want you to see what your own, like, it's ama- this is amazing. When you got to say, I got it. See it. There we go. Somebody see it. So you, are, you, are you ready to be blown? Anybody ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. So verse 35 says, on the same day when evening had come, he, being Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when he had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat against the boat so that it was already filling. 
But when he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not see that we're all about to perish? And then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and the waves and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And then the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they, were, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Verse number one, chapter number five. Then he came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadarenes. And when he got off the boat, immediately there came to him a man who was possessed by a demon. The storm happened right before Jesus came and met that man. Jesus crossed the sea, went through a vicious storm for one person. You notice the town didn't even let Jesus in. So he literally went through, I'm going to go through the sea, through the storms, through the winds, and through the waves for, for, one, for one. And this man, of all men, has 2,000 demons in him. In him. He's got 2,000 demons in him. And if Jesus saw his life as important, well, I guarantee you he sees your life as important. If Jesus went through the wind and the waves and the storms for one, he was rejected by an entire region and didn't even notice it because he came for that one person. Every person in this room could reject him, but if you receive him, he's coming right to meet you where you are. He loves you. 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 Jesus cares for you. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. No more shackles. No more chains. No more, but you're free from your past. You're free from past hurt. You're free from condemnation. You're free from weariness. You're free from brokenness. You're free from coping mechanisms. Well, you're, you're free from coping mechanisms. God, show your people what they need to be free from on today. Amen? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Lord, help us to live as healed people, walking in the promises of God. Help us to embrace our new normal. If you want to be free, you can be free. 